Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He's Mike McDaniel. Mike, bowl season upon us. Welcome back. We're still here. How are you doing? We're still here. We can't say the same about a lot of players from various ACC schools, though. Yeah. No, there's there's been a lot of turmoil last two weeks. I would say so. Uh, Florida State's still not in the playoff. Are you still pissed? Uh, less pissed than I was two weeks ago. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. There's a there's a whole phase of like going through grief or whatever. Not that again, not not grieving Florida State, just no college I, football in, in general. It takes a special situation to grieve Florida State, and we somehow <laughs> found it two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, a unique set of circumstances. We'll say that. Uh, Mike, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. I uh, hope everyone out there is, is well and, and finds everybody healthy and happy and ready for the, uh, the the holiday season. I say ready for it. You know, Maybe you've already celebrated Hanukkah. Uh, maybe Christmas is coming up. Festivus is definitely coming up. Um, whatever your winter holiday situation is, uh, we hope that you know, you're, you're ready for it or have enjoyed it or are ready to enjoy it. In any case, Mike, we have some news that we got to hit on from the last couple of weeks. Uh, we have a new head coach in the ACC and, and – old new head coach um we have some transfer news that's kind of interesting to hit on so we're going to do that uh and then we've got 11 bowl games if i'm counting right 11 bowl games we got to hit on that uh you know feels real crap shooty as uh as things go for acc bowl games historically but we will go through those uh by the end of this show and give you a a thought on you know how to approach these games if you got like a pick em pool or something that You've already six games into after uh, yesterday's games. How's yeah, that sound? I I saw a handful of those, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of bad football being played. Oh yeah, tis the season, baby. Uh, Mike, all right, let's go ahead and jump in on some news, some things that have popped up in the last couple of weeks. So we'll we'll start here and say that bef- before the last show that we had, it was all but official that Syracuse had hired. Uh, Defensive backs coach Fran Brown from Georgia to be their new head coach. Um, and so wanted to bring that up. We, we talked about it on the last episode. We kind of discussed in, you know general feelings on it and, and kind of got into that. But just wanted to bring that up and acknowledge that. Um, Mike, any further thoughts as, you know, the last couple of weeks, they've, they've done some, uh, some recruiting, both from high school and from the transfer portal. Uh, he's hired a little bit of his staff. I think uh, Elijah Robinson from Texas A&M was a, a big hire as their defensive coordinator. Thoughts, any additional thoughts on Fran Brown at Syracuse that you've come up with in the last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, he just got one of the top quarterbacks in the portal. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, right? Um, I have some takes there. I think that you're kind of already seeing why Syracuse took a swing mm-hmm. with Fran Brown. Uh, obviously, hiring Elijah Robinson, I think, is a bigger deal than even some of the recruiting that he's been doing already through the portal and you know on the trail and on a limited basis, of course, just being new to a job. Um, I think that you're already kind of seeing why they took a shot at him. And, you know, his first time head coach, and he comes out in the press conference and says that, you know, he wants to be there at least a decade until his daughter is like a teenager and then he wants to go be a dad. And he said a lot of coaches will come out and, you know, they'll give you the coach speak of, you know, this is, you know, I'm here for life. And then they'll leave and go somewhere else a couple weeks later. Fran Brown kind of made it clear, like, this is the job he wants to be at for a long period of time. And 
sounded sincere, <laughs> which, you know, if you're Syracuse and you're in a tough recruiting area and it's a tough place to win and you have a guy that wants to be there that bad, you probably, at least on paper, made the right choice. If you're going to take a swing on somebody that's never been a head coach before, it seems like they took the right swing. That's my take so far. We'll see how it pans out when toe meets leather in the fall. Um, we probably won't really have a real answer for you know a year or two. But I mean, I think there are some early indicators that this is something that can be semi-successful. And you know, really at Syracuse, I think what you're hoping for is seven, eight wins regularly. And not having these crazy dips where you're winning 10 and then you're winning four and you're not Mm -hmm. really all that competitive. And, you know, I'm kind of interested to see what the on-field product looks like, but he's, I think, making some positive strides and building the program even on his first couple weeks on the job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, realistic ceiling to me at Syracuse is, you know, seven, maybe eight wins year in year out and even that might be pushing it um i i just again there have been some really terrible coaches out there that have had a really good first couple weeks on the job and have hired you know some exciting staff and have gotten some exciting guys out of the out of the portal or a couple exciting guys out of out of high school um i in person i personally watched one of those happen at georgia tech a couple years ago uh jeff collins had a couple really good weeks and was posting pictures at 5.30 in the morning at Waffle House. And, you know, he got a four-star running back out of, you know, Rome, Georgia, whatever it was. Like, you know, he had a couple good first weeks, and, and there was hype there, and there was excitement. And that's good. And there's there's nothing more that you can ask for at this point, um, and, and that's a good sign. But doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be long-term success after that. So just – just be careful, you know, how close you, you know, how much you're buying into uh, a Fran Brown of the staff just based on the first couple of weeks, especially with, I mean, it's an uphill battle ahead of them in terms of, uh, you know, just building a, a sustained model of success at Syracuse. I'll throw that out there. Yeah. Um, again, I'm, I'm not sold on recruiting and, and building a recruiting staff being the, the solution to the problem at Syracuse. So I can leave it there. But they got Kyle McCord out of the portal. They did. We're we're gonna hit. Yeah, we'll hit, we'll hit the portal. You know, a couple more no, newsworthy items. But while we're talking about Syracuse, uh, we found out. I believe it was today, Mike. Sunday, the seventeenth, as we record this, that uh, Ohio State starting quarterback Kyle McCord, who jumps in the portal, he is going to go to Syracuse, which was a little interesting because I think a lot of the reporting prior to maybe yesterday had been that he was likely going to go to Nebraska. So, interesting move there. Um, I think a guy who maybe struggled to meet expectations at Ohio State, but, I mean, expectations at Ohio State are pretty sky high and uh, not super easy to to meet expectations, especially following up from C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields the last, what, four or five years at Ohio State. So, um, you know, just because he he didn't meet expectations at Ohio State doesn't mean he can't be quite good for Syracuse. So... I, I thought that was a really good get, again, a really good start, and, and reminded me a little bit of Georgia Tech getting Haynes King a year ago, which 
a guy who was pretty well thought of out of high school, maybe didn't meet expectations at his first stop, but then Haynes King had a really good year for the Jackets this year. Uh, I think there's a chance that this ends up being a really good pickup to kickstart things for Fran Brown and that staff at Syracuse. I agree. Um, Former five-star recruit. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's good. Uh, Threw for 3,100 yards at Ohio State. Completed 65% of his passes. 24 touchdowns to six picks. Was he Justin Fields? No. Was he C.J. Stroud? No. Was he still pretty good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was still pretty good. Yep. So I think this is an upgrade at quarterback, right? We'll see how the offense looks and the scheme they run. But this is an upgrade from Schrader just on paper, I think. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. a, a positive step in the right direction, I think. I I am not as low on Kyle McCord as some national people are. Like, I, I saw Bud Elliott saying some stuff on social media about Ohio State winning in spite of Kyle McCord. I really don't think... I, I think there is maybe some, some truth to it. But also, like, Ohio State won 11 this year. And yeah. they lose the one to a team that's the odds-on favorite to win the whole thing. I get it's the game that matters. I get that. But did they really lose that game because McCord sucked? I, I don't know, man. I, I just... It's all context. We got to like, be, be careful, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think McCord... We're, we're pretending like McCord was playing at a three-star level this year, and I just don't think that was the case. Well, and he was... What a redshirt freshman, true freshman. I mean, you know, didn't have a lot of snaps under his belt to begin with. And, you know, again, it's we're talking about this in the context of Ohio State being a top five program in the country for a a decade plus now, if not half a century, you know, like not meeting the expectations of a place that has put out a ton of high end NFL quarterbacks doesn't mean that you're not a good quarterback. Right. It, it, you know, it just means you're not one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the country, which is really not a uh, not a reasonable bar for anyone to clear. You know, so yeah. So again, do I think this could work out at Syracuse? Yeah, absolutely. I think it could. Yeah. So that'll be yeah. interesting, but yeah, that, sure that's will. a step in the right direction for sure for Grant Brown. That's what you yep. want to do first couple weeks on the job. Yep. There have been a couple other folks that uh, from other schools. You know, I think especially from A and M. I think there was one or two that. Uh, there were at least visits going to Syracuse, if not even a couple of commitments. I don't know off the top of my head. I haven't followed it that closely. I'm not going to pretend to. But, again, a lot of positive momentum in terms of roster construction and Syracuse in the, ter- in the time since hiring Fran Brown. Um, so all good for Syracuse. This is as good as you could have asked for the first couple of weeks to have gone. Definitely. Mike, Duke hired Manny Diaz. Sure. How, how we uh, how we feel about that? Not terrible. Um, Mike Elko gone, hired by Texas A&M, by the way. So that was opened up, and they hired Manny Diaz, former Miami head coach, hired him to uh, be the new full-time head coach at Duke University. We said this when Manny Diaz was fired. It felt like he had some momentum at Miami. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't totally falling apart on him, I'll say. But it... He looked like he found a quarterback with Van Dyke. 
Yeah. They looked like they were trending in a pretty good direction a couple of years back towards especially the second half of that season. And that was and then, with uh, offensive coordinator, now the head coach at SMU. Um, Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley, that's right. Yep. Looked like looked like it was going in a better direction than maybe it did at the outset. I think Manny Diaz is going to be better off for that experience. Is my take on it. Um, he was th- he look he he got that head coaching job at Temple, and then we all know what happened, right? He was there for well, whatever it was eleven days, twelve days, and then probably took a job at Miami that was obviously a position he really wanted that he might not have been qualified for at the time as a first-time head coach. We said at the time, I don't know how we feel about Miami. Miami hiring a guy as head coach who's never been a head coach before. Right, and, and that's what we said. But now I think if you're Duke and you're moving on from Elko and you see what kind of defensive coordinator Manny Diaz is, and he had a weird couple of years at Miami that – weren't spectacular, but also weren't awful. I think the narrative is that Manny Diaz was a terrible coach at Miami, and then if you look at the numbers, it just doesn't back that up, especially mm-hmm. with you know how they started to look towards the end of his tenure. I think this is a good hire for Duke. I'm not sure who they're going to get that's... I mean, this is a brand-name hire, right? They're not making many brand-name hires at Duke, right? They had Cutcliffe there forever. They got Elko, which we all agreed was a pretty solid hire, but he was a first-time head coach. Now you're getting a guy who's been a head coach before at another Power 5 program in the ACC who is coming back after you know two successful years as the defensive coordinator at Penn State. I think this is a good hire, and I think he'll he'll do well there. I think he'll recruit to Duke. I think that, you know, players have always liked playing for Manny Diaz. There was no indication that the players quit on him at Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, when he took the job at Miami, a lot of the guys who, you know, everybody thought were going to hop into the portal, because that was the first year of the portal, you remember, they stayed. <laughs> they wanted to play for Manny Diaz. So, I, I mean, guys want to play for him. He's always been a good recruiter. We know he can coach a defense. This is another Mike Elko type hire in that you know you're getting a guy who's very defensive-minded. The staff hires will be really important, mm-hmm. but I do think he's the type of guy who could recruit some players to Duke that may not necessarily go there otherwise. So I think you could win some battles on the trail that you may not necessarily win if you're hiring another first-time head coach. I just think there's opportunity there. I think he's better off for the experience he had at Miami, and I think this is a pretty good hire for Duke. I have mixed feelings on it. And it's so some of it, again, Manny wasn't, he didn't blow anybody away at Miami. I mean, he was 21 and 15 and 16 and 9 in conference in three years. That includes the COVID year. So, like, were they, were they really killing it in those years? Not quite. Were they totally embarrassing? Not quite. Is a lot of that, like, have to be contextualized with, like, expectations of the Miami fan base and just in general, what is, you know, the national media or, like, what do fans in general expect of the program that has the Miami logo on the helmets? Like, yeah, some of that. Um, 
I, in, in a way, it's like I feel like he kind of just met expectations, maybe somewhat uh, was below expectation, but like. Again, it was it was all just like fine. It wasn't explicitly bad or good. They had you know a couple of boneheaded losses, which is what Miami does. Uh, had a couple of you know good wins, which is what Miami's capable of. And yep. so, like, how do I translate that to Duke? I I don't know. Um, do I think it's maybe? And as you mentioned, Mike, I mean, it's a, it's a good point that like is is Manny Diaz better as a head coach now than he was taking over Miami from what he experienced at Miami. Yeah, I think so. Like that's, that's something that you learn from. And then by the way, going and spending two years working for James Franklin at Penn state, that's a pretty good coaching tree to be a part of. And you can learn some things. That's a really high end program with one of the, you know, probably top 10, 12 head coaches in college football. Like, so I, yeah, mixed feelings. Like I, I think there's a chance this could work very well. I don't know that I expect it to work very, very well. But I think it's a relatively high floor. I don't think they're going to be embarrassing. I don't think they're going to fall back to where Duke's floor has been historically. No, um, no, no, no. So do I think that they can kind of keep it rolling and be relatively in you know, bowl eligibility territory year over year? Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I thought one of the interesting things, too, you know, we talk about Rhett Lashley having been his offensive coordinator the last was I think it was two years, maybe at Miami. Mm -hmm. um, and he, you know, Tyler Van Dyke played very well there that first year um, and with Manny and with Rhett Lashley. Uh, one of the first hires I saw that Manny made at Duke was his offensive coordinators, Jonathan Brewer, who was the offensive coordinator at SMU. So he's not hiring Rhett Lashley, but he's hiring Rhett Lashley's offensive coordinator, which, mm -hmm. you know, feels like there's a there's a signal there of you know what we're trying to do. So I think that's that's a good sign. But I don't know. It's it. I don't think he's an explicitly bad head coach, but I don't know that I saw anything at Miami that makes me think he he's an explicitly like really good head coach. And in a way, again. I think a higher floor than if they were to hire a guy who doesn't have a head coaching experience, similar to Mike Elko didn't, but I don't know that the ceiling is there that you got from Mike Elko either. So I don't know, kind of curious to see how this all works out, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not committing either way that this is going to definitely work or definitely not. It's like, I, I guess I kind of get it. I kind of get it on the old, what was it? Barton and bud, you know, Love it, get it, don't get it scale. It's like somewhere between don't get it and get it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, I don't know. Definitely not what I thought was going to happen two weeks ago when we were recording this show, <laughs> talking about Mike Elko being gone. It's like I did not think Duke was going to Man Manny Diaz. And no, I, I, mean, again, I, thought, I thought, like, I, you said Kevin Johns. Which is his OC, um, his being Elko was Elko's mm -hmm. old OC. That would have been fine. I, Johns did not go with him to A and M, mm -mm. so I mean he was definitely in play at Duke. Interesting. I. It's just. I weird don't know. To we'll me. see how it goes. Duke University hiring someone who is about as South Florida as like Pitbull or something like that. Like, like South Florida at Duke is, uh, is interesting. Also worth noting, by the way, Mike, who's Duke's biggest rival in football, Carolina and Carolina's head coach is Mac Brown, who previously fired Manny Diaz. 
I forgot that that happened. Mm-hmm. Manny Diaz, formerly Mac Brown's defensive coordinator at Texas. I forgot about I think that. It was, I think it was like game two one year that he got fired like out of nowhere almost mm-hmm. and uh, kind of unceremoniously just dumped in the unemployment line. So uh, reason to think there could be some bad blood there and uh, no love lost between Manny and Mac Brown. I am uh, excited to bet on Duke as a dog next year mm-hmm. in that game. That'll mm-hmm. be fun. Uh, by the way, you know where else Manny worked once upon a time, uh, even prior to his time at Texas? <laughs> where? NC State. <laughs> That's interesting. That's another rival of Duke. So Manny is uh, more than happy to be playing in the triangle, I think, in the next couple of years. It was an easy job for him to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, a man who's motivated, at the very least, we'll say that. Uh, not to mention... I'm guessing Duke is going to run in against Miami, which uh, was not particularly uh, professional, maybe, on the, on the Miami end in the way that they handled his dismissal there. The Manny Diaz shit list is going to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a little scroll. I was say, did you, did you see that? Uh, what was the show on uh, Amazon Prime? The... Uh, uh, it was a show with Chris Pratt in it. Whatever. Anyways, it was something about like the. It, it was a list of people that you had to go back and. This is a great podcasting. Terminal Anyways, list. Great terminal focus. list. That's the one. There it is. Great book. Yep. Yep. Manny Diaz got the terminal list that he's going to be uh, showing up trying to kick ass and take names against. So, in any case, we'll see if it works. I don't know. We're going to find out. Since we're talking about uh, transfer portal names in relation to uh, coaches being hired, uh, this isn't confirmed, but there was a rumor, Mike, that you sent over earlier this evening that Toledo's Daquan Finn is committed to Baylor, which this is Brad Crawford from uh, 247 Sports. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Says it basically just locks in Texas's Malik Murphy to Duke. And Malik Murphy, of course, is the backup to Quinn Ewers at Texas, who is about to go play in the playoff. And he, like, famously, infamously, notably, entered the transfer portal prior to a playoff game saying, Well, dude, like, I gotta, I gotta do what's best for me. I need to find out my next destination. Like, I gotta go. Um, a guy who had to play some this year, Quinn, Quinn Ewers got injured. I think. Malik Murphy might have started a game or two. A guy who is mm-hmm. very capable, very, very good player, has had some good moments in the last couple of years playing as Texas' starting quarterback at times. Uh, the thought right now is that Duke might be the leader in the clubhouse to get Malik Murphy as their next quarterback, which 
I texted you. I, that could be an upgrade from Riley Leonard. Like, what is it that yeah. Riley Leonard wasn't? Oh. What is it that Riley Leonard could do that Malik Murphy couldn't do? I mean, Malik Murphy's got a bit of a cannon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got to rein it in a little bit at times. <laughs> he, he actually reminds me of uh, Tennessee's quarterback. Why is his name? Joe Stanley? Milton. Thank you, Joe Milton. Christ. Mm-hmm. It's been two weeks, guys. Bear with me. Um, <laughs> We're rusty. Yeah, uh, a little bit, a little bit of Joe Milton in him in terms of like he really let it loose a few times in some of the games at Texas and uh, threw a few interceptions. The one game Texas played against Kansas where they went up by a ton, and then Kansas like crawled back into the game because Malik Murphy all of a sudden just started throwing it to the other team. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm talking about in terms of like he has a little bit of Joe Milton in him where mm-hmm. he thinks he can make every throw on the field, which he, he can. Uh, very athletic, too. And I think he gives you a little bit more upside in the passing game than Riley Leonard does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- this would be – it'll probably be confirmed by the time this podcast is released. So if so, you heard it here first. But like if he ends up uh, – playing for Manny Diaz and that's your first quarterback to work with um you could certainly do worse I think oh yeah that, that's a huge if if that comes to fruition that's a huge start uh, a huge win for Manny and Duke to, to to start out I mean that's again that's a guy that'll kickstart your program and and put you on the map a little bit they'll, they'll he'll win you a game that maybe you shouldn't have won otherwise yeah if you can get him in the door and uh get him rolling here especially in the early signing period you know you got time to get them going in the spring and all that. So, yeah. Um, it's not often too, that, you know, you're able to, uh, to get yourself a quarterback. That's a four star with multiple years of eligibility. So like McCord Mm -hmm. only has one year left of eligibility going to Syracuse, which I didn't realize I looked that up a second ago. So he only has Mm -hmm. one year of eligibility left. Whereas Malik Murphy was a freshman (laughs) this year. He's got multiple years of eligibility left. So, this is uh, a good situation for Duke to be in if they're able to land him. So we're still in like the eligibility twilight zone of With COVID. Eligibility is fake. Like, yeah, yeah, he's like a fourth year freshman or something like that. I mean, that's entirely possible. I I don't know how it works these days, but um, it, at the very least, yeah, it's like I remember he played last year. Maybe he played again this year, but he's still at the very least. I bet he has at least two years of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, that's, that's a big deal. And the only thing that could kind of get in the way of that is if he were to graduate and then want to like grad transfer somewhere, but that's, you know, different story for a different day. Yep. So, uh, that's Duke. So Mike, now that we've spent 26 minutes talking about Syracuse and Duke, uh, we can talk about the rest of the ACC. Uh, we got some news on NC state that MJ Morris had entered his name into the portal. He's going to Maryland, I believe. Um, NC State, in turn, gets Grayson McCall, quarterback, to transfer in, quarterback out of Coastal Carolina. You might remember his name from the Jamie Chadwell years there. Uh, Even going back to 2020, I believe he was a true freshman the year that Coastal Carolina was, like, roughly a top 15 team in the country. Very, very good. Uh, Mike, he's a guy that – there's probably comparisons I could make that are not fair, but he's a guy that – there's not a lot of the physical tools that I, I think are like really impressive or, or off the charts. Like everything is, is fine. He can move a little bit. He's got a little bit of arm strength, but 
I think really what makes him special has been his decision-making, his savvy, um, and his ability to kind of play the game. And again, speaking of like unfair comparisons, I think the, honestly, the, the, the guy that comes to mind that I last described is largely physically unimpressive, but you know, just processes information super fast, makes really good decisions was Joe Burrow. So again, making unfair comparisons here. Um, that's probably a poor man's Joe Burrow, perhaps. I have a take here. Is it based on my take? I hope no, no, that was a... <laughs> the, the Joe Burrow comparison was just a cherry on top. Um, what exactly is NC State doing at quarterback? Uh, and Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. And we talked on the last Winning nine games a season. Well, mm. I, I yeah, in spite of their quarterback. They're doing that I, at the other 21 positions, Scott. I want to... <laughs> I, I'm lumping this in with the Riley Leonard to Notre Dame thing, which we don't need to talk about a ton tonight because we mentioned that Leonard was probably going to Notre Dame on the last podcast when he transferred out of Duke. That's confirmed. He committed to Notre Dame. He's got one year left. Fantastic. Notre Dame and NC State have just one particular thing in common. They don't want to actually develop their own quarterbacks. They just want to continuously pluck them from the transfer portal. Is that sustainable long-term? For as good a job as Dave Doran's done, and we've talked about how great of a coach he's been this year and how you know this is probably one of his best coaching jobs since he's gotten to Raleigh, this is not a sustainable practice at NC State. I don't think it's a sustainable practice at Notre Dame for Marcus Freeman. I don't know why we're making these decisions to just totally neglect the other quarterbacks we recruit just decide we're not going to develop these guys either because it's a missed eval or we just think that it's a better option in the portal but like you're going to have a hard time recruiting good quarterbacks out of high school if you're showing repeatedly that you're just going to pick them over for a grad transfer or a guy out of the portal who's established themselves elsewhere i don't think it's a good sustainable practice long term for schools to be continuously doing this i think notre dame and nc state are the two schools in particular, that have now done this year over year. And that's nothing against Grayson McCall. He was a fine player. He was a really good player for Chadwell. He was an okay player for Beck. I don't think this is any sort of home run for NC State. I think think McCall is a fine player. I think he's limited physically. I think you're right on the money with that. I think he'll be fine next year, right, for Robert and I. Maybe he'll be a little bit better fit with his running ability being a little bit different for Brian Armstrong. He's a little more shifty, less downhill. Maybe that'll you know show itself a little bit better in that offense. But my my overall take here is like I don't think this is a sustainable practice. I don't think it's a thing that schools should be doing because I just don't think it's something that's like long lasting and will lead to success. Yeah. But maybe I'm totally wrong with that. I, I I'm I'm completely with you. And, and it's it's kind of exhausting seeing these guys that are fifth, sixth, seventh year quarterbacks that are getting another shot, another shot. And it's like, what what's the point here? Like if, if you know, if you're not ready for the NFL at this point, you're not going to be in another year. Right. And by the way, another another newsy item that we don't have on our rundown that I'm now remembering, uh, Tyler Shuck transferred to Louisville. Why? That's another great example. Yeah, that's thank you for reminding me of that. It's like another seven, fantastic year. example. Seventh year. Now, now Louisville has a propensity of just bringing guys in from the portal who should be working in insurance. Why that's are we not thing. going to Pierce Clarkson? It, 
is this telling me that he's not ready or do you feel like or that he's not good i thought he was supposed to be good yeah what are we doing i don't know i mean that now brahms thing is like i'm just gonna bring in guys who should be tenured as professors at the university that's what we're doing now <laughs> i i don't think that's sustainable either right that's yeah. that's kind of grouped together with notre dame and nc state but now he's got his own little niche where he's just bringing in mediocre quarterbacks. Two I don't years of eligibility and renting cars without a fee. Like, it must be nice. Yeah, like, it must be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this is great. I, I'm with you. I don't I don't fully understand it. And it's, yeah, there, there's got to be some sort of mentality inside the, the offices of some of these programs of needing to win and, and not being able to, to – basically give away a year on developing a guy who's going to make mistakes and lose games for you because it'll help you in the long run. And, and the guy that makes me that I think of, honestly, another newsy item, uh, freshman All-American quarterback, Anthony Calandria. <laughs> oh, yes, because that made so much sense. Yeah, well, it, it's I mean, he I mean, he made mistakes. They lost games. He threw a lot of interceptions, like all this stuff. But mm -hmm. I heard that and I was like, I mean, we liked him. We talked well about him. Like, freshman All-American? And then I thought, who else is playing a freshman at quarterback? Like, nobody. So, like, yeah. you know, who yeah, are your options point. at that point? You know? That's, that's fair. Like, and so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't know how sustainable this trend is. And maybe, once again, the COVID eligibility stuff kind of washes itself out, which we're a year or two away from. Like, maybe this isn't a thing as much anymore. But... It's definitely become like really overwhelming, and you're like, w is anyone going to develop a young quarterback, or just wait for him to transfer elsewhere? And we're just playing, you know, high school recruiting rankings as a third and fourth year player is all that matters because it's all you have. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it it used to be it used to be a positive when you had a quarterback coming into his senior year who had multiple years of starting experience under their belt, or. I guess in Kyle McCord's case, right, it would be like one year of starting experience under full year starter under his belt. Now he's a senior at Ohio State with all these young receivers, and he's the senior quarterback, and he's still got a good running back in Travion Henderson if he doesn't declare for the draft. Like, he's still got all this. That used to be a positive when you had a veteran quarterback that you developed. And now we're just getting away from that, I guess. And the pressure to win right now you mentioned i think it's an interesting point i think it's a very good point but the one thing i'll add too is like the three schools that we just mentioned the only one that's probably in that category realistically is freeman at notre dame right mm -hmm. just because of expectations there every single year yeah and it was like that long before brian kelly got there and established them as like an actual 10 or 11 win program in this era like that's where the expectations are really high that's where you got to just win all the time and you were just kind of promoted into this role, mm -hmm. I get the pressure on him. But for, like, Dave Doran and for Jeff Brom, Jeff Brom's got, like, all the time in the world, right? Yeah. And they've had, a, they had a, of course, a really, really good year one, so he's off to a great start. But, like, if they went 6-6 six and six this year, like, is anybody really shoving him out the door? And they the could way go that they 2 were, and 10 next year. He's not getting fired. And the like, way that they were pushing Satterfield out the door, that's never going to happen to Jeff Brom. Yeah. It would have to get like Nebraska level of bad under Scott Frost for them to be like, okay, this isn't working out. And that would yeah. be five or six years. There's no pressure on him to win right now. Yeah, Doran, Doran's been there long enough, and now he's doing as well as he ever has the last few years. 
there's no pressure on him to win right now either. I, I do wonder there, the other the one aspect that I wonder about, and we can kind of leave af- after this. But I I wonder if there is a little bit of added pressure with the NIL collective thing of mm-hmm. we're spending a lot of money trying to get guys out of the transfer portal, trying to, you know, whatever, maybe some guys out of high school, whatever is, does that create pressure of, well, hell, if you're just going to go two and 10, three and nine, you know, six and six, well, that's not what we want. Right. And now that, that faucet kind of dries up a little bit and all of a sudden it's, it's a different game you're playing in year three, year four, if you haven't been shot out of a cannon to start out with. Um, Yep. Again, that that was something that I think that Jeff Brom benefited from in year one with Louisville was transfer portal stuff, right? Like both sides of the ball, they had some pretty impact players that transferred in. Coming off the ACC championship appearance, now you get Ja'Cory Brooks, former five-star re- receiver, transferring into Louisville. Um, you've got a, a handful of these guys that Louisville's getting some roster uh, depth and, and capability that they historically have not had. And a lot of programs kind of in that middle – part of the ACC and the middle part of the power five have not been able to have. And so that's probably driven by NIL stuff. Is that directly related to success? And would it go away if you didn't have that success? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point too. And this, a lot of this stuff is just so new too, that I just don't think mm-hmm. we have enough data to figure that out either. Yeah. It's so, a market that's still working on regulating itself and yeah, who's to say if it'll get there before it changes again in terms of dynamics and such. Right. Um, last newsy ish bit. It's not even fully news, but, um, I did see Mike that there was a guy uh, who visited Florida state. I believe his name was DJ Uiaga Lele, something like that. Who do you know who this guy is? Apparently he's a quarterback. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Um, yeah. So apparently there's a guy named, uh, we'll just call him DJU for short. Okay. How's that, how's that work? Um, Yeah, a guy named DJU, he's some quarterback from Oregon State, I guess. Uh, visiting Florida State is uh, the theoretical destination at this point. We'll see how that goes. We need some Big Dave back in our lives. <laughs> the guy who I tweeted us Dave. one time. We, I we miss need, Big Dave. We need the guy who tweeted us one time back in our lives. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, all right, Mike, Scott, I think that's all I got for news. Uh, anything else before we uh, start jumping into some bowl previews? Uh, some ground rules. Number one. Oh, gosh. A lot of guys are opting out. Yeah. Okay. So if we're locking something up, drink responsibly if you're joining us. Okay. Uh, second thing. You're locking stuff up. Second thing. Three minutes per game. Mm-hmm. We're going to be on a timer. You're going to see it on your screen. If you're listening to this podcast after the fact, just imagine. I mean, start your own timer. That's fine. Do that. You're, you're, you're probably working anyway, so just start a timer on your own. All right? Take out your phone. Put it on timer. Three minutes a game. Okay? We will not go over on any of these. We will not use more than the allotted three minutes for any of these games. We absolutely promise. We because I'm not going to have sentence. Literally. I will not have much to say about several of these. Yeah. That's where I- we're at. I. Bowl season is is more difficult to predict than ever before, and it wasn't easy before the portal. Okay? Yeah. So that's where we're at. The only we have, rules are don't bet on the Mormons. Don't bet on the Mormons, <laughs> especially on Christmas Eve. Never bet on them. Scott and I learned that the hard way. And Freaking Zach Wilson. It, this is Zach Wilson's fault. We learned that the hard way, and fortunately, as we were coming down from 
17 drinks we had. <laughs> Three <evening>. cigars. <laughs> and plus cigars. We had to watch Zach Wilson and BYU find a way not to cover whatever it was. Scott, three and a half? They were three yards away from the under and the cover. And yeah. And th- they couldn't do it. Yeah, neither one of those. In the, in the Hawaii Bowl. Gross. So, that was about, I think that was the 2019 Hawaii Bowl. Go watch the highlights. You'll see what we mean. Uh, we have made we have made no bones on this podcast in previous years about bowl games being somewhere between difficult to pick and just like an outright crapshoot. So I think yeah, like like you're saying, Mike, this is as difficult as it has ever been with all the transfers and uh, coaching changes and just everything else at play. So um, I, I think Adam Parker, our friend here in the comments, makes a perfect point, and and honestly, is it. Fun thing to kind of track here, asking Scott, producer Scott, to flip a coin on each game and see who is more right, either myself, Mike, or the coin. And I, I don't know how this is going to turn out. So yeah, Mike, uh, or sorry, Scott, what is is that a uh, is that a, a one dollar Sacagawea coin or nope, what, what you got? This there? is a <laughs> single penny. A penny. What's the year on it? What? Uh, it's so <laughs> degraded and gross that I don't know. It's been around <laughs> since before the transfer portal. 1990, yeah. 1996, baby. Okay, all right. Well, I it's was been fine. around. So Scott's been around slightly longer than that coin. <laughs> slightly. Slightly. All right. All hail uh, the penny. All hail the penny. Shout out. Oh, there's, there's a dime on the floor. <laughs> Why is there loose change on your floor, Scott? Uh, it was in my jacket pocket, and I like took my jacket off, and it just flew all over my den area that I'm sitting in right now, pretty much. Always go jacket off. All right. 2002 oh, there the dime, is. by <laughs> the way. <laughs> I, I was going to say, not the first time Scott's had a dime on his floor, you know? <laughs> That'll be that. Let's move on. All right. Uh, let's get it started. On Thursday, December the 21st at 8 o'clock on ESPN is the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, Mike. Uh, you well familiar with RoofClaim.com, the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, the Syracuse Orange are at, at home against the South Florida Bulls, uh, since ESPN has these as uh, home and away. Um, Syracuse is a three-point favorite, uh, total 61 and a half. Um, Timers can start anytime, Scott. Um, I, I, uh, I don't head. know. I want to go with Syracuse here. Good vibes again. I think the guys are excited. Uh, new head coach. It seems like everyone's pretty happy about that. But at the same time, I mean, South Florida has been so bad for a while. Uh, probably excited to make a bowl game. Alex Galesh is kind of a rising star. Going to probably try to bomb the ball down the field a whole bunch. It's basically the Tennessee offense, which is, you know, there's other versions of it that you've seen. It's similar to Tennessee, Ole Miss, whatever, that he runs. Um, Feels like it could be a bad matchup for Syracuse. I don't know. Um, uh, Let's – I'll just just take South Florida. I'm going to take South Florida too. Is Garrett Schrader playing in this game? And if so, like, is he going to throw? I mean, he threw it a little bit. Doesn't matter about Garrett Trader. All ACC teams are head. All other teams are tails. <laughs> okay. We have heads. Syracuse oh. wins. All right, Syracuse. Syracuse. All hail the coin. All hail the coin. <laughs> hail coin. All right, so the coin's got Syracuse, and two of us have USF. Is that what we're doing? 
congrats, Orange. Uh, it's going to be a fun bowl game for you. I can't wait for the coin to beat us against the spread. <laughs> I know. They, it totally is. Um, I'm going to go South Florida. Yeah. I, chance that Garrett Schrader's not playing. Chance that uh, just stuff doesn't go well for Syracuse's defense. I think South Florida is going to be more fired up to play this game than Syracuse is. But it wouldn't shock me if Syracuse is fired up for this game. It's in Boca Raton. So. Good place to be a few days before Christmas. Uh, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Are you picking that uh, with the points or straight up? I'll go straight up. Yeah, I'll go straight okay. up too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Small small spread like that. Um, I feel like in these bowl games, especially if you get a spread inside of a touchdown, frankly, I'm not even I'm not even taking points. I'm just betting underdogs outright to win the game. So yeah, let's we should just bet every ACC game with the underdog. See how we do. That might be profitable. Against the spread? Just every single one of them? Could be. Could be. Uh, all right. So, South Florida, outright for the both of us. And uh, the coin has Syracuse. I'll hail the coin. That was and two we, and a half minutes. We did, basically, in three minutes, because the first 30 seconds, tire wasn't even going. That's Next. right. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Moving on. Friday, December the 22nd at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. Mike, it is the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Mm-hmm. That is the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets taking on the Central Florida Knights, the UCF Knights, as it were. This is in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Georgia Tech, a four-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, total is 66-and-a-half. I believe that total is rising uh, substantially, like five points rising, I believe. Um, uh, again, Georgia Tech first bowl game in five years, six years maybe even. Um, that's a good sign. I kind of like this matchup for Georgia Tech. I think they're going to be into this game. I, it sucks that it's before Christmas, but like, again, I think this is a team that Brent Key is, I think, going to have ready to go. And I think if they're ready to play, I don't think that UCF matches up all that well. UCF's just not very good. Yeah, they're not that good. They're not that good. Uh, Sean Reese Plumley is playing in this game, so. Excited to cap his career after how many years? What several? He, he, he was, was at Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah, he's been at UCF a couple of years. Speaking of guys who should be selling insurance by now, oh, coming to a State Farm near you after this bowl <laughs> game, Scott. What's the coin got? All right, drum roll, please. The coin has. The Knights. All right, yeah, that tracks. That yeah. tracks. Yeah, give me Georgia Tech. The coin knows to fade us. 
Give me Georgia Tech. I actually do like the over here, by the way. Two terrible defenses. Yeah, yeah. I say if, if there's anything that makes me think that UCF might be able to win this game is that UCF is really just going to try to run the ball. And uh, if there's one thing that Georgia Tech's defense cannot do, it is uh, stop the run. So yeah. that doesn't yeah. doesn't work out well for a uh, a matchup standpoint. So yeah. there's that. F- favorite Betsy over. Yeah, we got a lot of thoughts in the chat over what kind of coin we're using. Um, thoughts on uh, whether it should be a quarter and penny versus the time. <laughs> it's just what was at my desk, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> All hail the coin, baby. Yeah, I think the penny is probably uh, probably correct so far. So, um, all right. So Georgia Tech, outright, sure for me and uh, Mike for you as well. Outright, why not? And and, uh, and the over, and the over, and the yeah. over. I like the over. If I were going to bet this anyway, I would I would probably bet the over. Um, yeah, just would not expect a lot of defense from two teams in a pre-Christmas bowl game. So yeah. there's that. Beautiful. Next, S- moving on. Uh, Saturday, December the twenty third. Mike, so you're uh, you're doing your your Christmas Eve Eve prep. I am. It is noon on ABC. It is the '76 Birmingham Bowl from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. It is the Duke Blue Devils taking on the Troy Trojans. Uh, Duke is a seven and a half point underdog. Total is forty four and a half. Uh, I'm leaning towards Troy here. They're going to be my favorite Trojan on that day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I will be. Uh, oh, you're married. So there it is. I will be drinking at my. That, that's a great point. That's thanks for sliding that in there. I will be drinking at my in-laws on the 23rd. That is. Uh, We're adults when, on the show here. When my wife and I celebrate Christmas with her family is on the 23rd. So, mm. uh, that is uh, what we'll be doing there. And uh, yeah, excited to watch the Birmingham Bowl while I'm a couple beers in. Outstanding. Forgot to mention that um, when when Georgia Tech kicks off against UCF, I'm going to be at the zoo looking at Christmas lights. So, oh, zoo good. lights! Very good. Who doesn't zoo love zoo lights? lights? Baby? That's right. They're, they're they're great, especially yeah, especially when your team is kicking off a bowl game for the first time in six years. Um, yeah, my my life is no longer my own. It is uh, that's my, correct. My kids' life. So. That's also uh, that's also the first time in six years you've had two kids. That's right. That's true. While first Georgia Tech's been playing a bowl even game, even more than six years. Hmm. Um. Riley Leonard, I assume, not playing in this game. Um, which yeah, that, that's a that's a no. He's uh, gone now. He's, he's gone, and injured, and gone, yeah. injured, and commits elsewhere. And Duke's coach is gone. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I think Troy cares a lot more about this game. I think I think Troy by at least double digits. Troy's really good. Also, like, is that one Duke website saying that Mike Elko still hasn't made up his mind? Is that, is that still a thing? Or? Oh, Lord. I mean, believe what you want, but they've already hired his replacement. I won't say names in case, by chance, Steve Wiseman, for some reason, <laughs> couldn't join us and we had to bring that particular individual on. I will say no more. What is it, like Blue Devil Illustrated? or? It's, uh, yeah, that's exactly what, what it is, actually. Was it? <laughs> what well, was it that like, uh, Herm, Herm Edwards said about the Devils one time? Like, Oh, you, I... Yeah. Moving on, I'm, I'm on Troy by the Troy Troy outright money uh, money line with the spread. However you want it, you got it with Troy. Lay seven and a half with Troy. Scott, what's the coin got? The coin. Ta-da-dum. Uh Troy. Okay, all right. Hell yeah, we're in agreement. Mike, the coin is going to win the pick'em. That's, that's I, 
a certainty. You guys both said Troy, right? Sorry, I'm trying mm-hmm. to fix something over here. Cool. No, you're good. Yeah, it's exactly what we said. Troy for all of us. Uh, we ready Next. to move on. All right. December the 23rd. We're now moving on to the 24th, 25th, 26th. No games. Move on to the 27th, where we have three games, Mike, starting at 2 o'clock on ESPN from Annapolis, Maryland. Scott it is, and I'll be there. Yeah, that's right. It is your Virginia going. Tech Hokies taking on the Tulane Green Wave in the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. Mike, what do you know about GoBowling.com? I know that's got something to do with bowling. Now, like, you mean like bowl season, right? Yeah. Not the no. actual sport? No. GoBowling.com, if I understand correctly, is actually finding a bowling alley uh, yeah. near you. Yep. And I'm not making that up, by the it's, way. Go go look for it if you want to. It's basically like the golf now for bowling. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Hokies, a 10-point favorite here. Total is 45 and a half. I think I'm landing with the Hokies, Mike. Again, yeah. speaking of teams that their coach has left, their whole staff has left, their quarterback has gone. Tulane wants no part of this game. Virginia Tech is playing kind of a home game and I think is going to be every bit of fired up for this. I, I think the Hokies might smoke Tulane in this game. Yeah, th- this, there's only one lock on this podcast tonight. <laughs> Scott, we're locking up the hoax. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Better hope the coin agrees with you. Yeah, let's let's hope the coin agrees. Why don't we flip that bad boy? It's it's not even just Willie Fritz that has left, by the way. It is like two thirds of his staff is already in Houston. At this already point. there. Already in uh, Houston. Yep. Unfortunately the coin thinks Tulane's gonna win. Yeah, well, that's why the coin's stupid. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll give Tulane the, I'll give the coin the ten points with Tulane. That's yeah. that's fine. Yeah, I'll okay. go up against the coin anytime. I, we don't even know the names of some of the players that Tulane's going to be putting on that field on that day. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, this is no Michael Pratt. Uh, their starting running back, I believe, has opted out. A bunch of linemen on both sides of the football. This is uh, the coaching staff is gone. Like They've not just Willie out. Fritz, yeah. the half the staff is already at Houston recruiting for Houston, not even taking part in any sort of bowl prep. This is a lay-em situation with the Hokies. This opened at three. Hokies minus three and is now ballooned to ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Hokies minus anything situation here. I was going to say, when this opened, and I think I texted you, there there was some kind of back and forth on, like, you know, should should Tulane be favored, whatever. It's like, I think if this is full-strength Tulane, full-strength coaching staff, like all that, I think Tulane's probably favored and probably mm-hmm. wins the game. Mm-hmm. But there is so much missing there that yeah. I think – Virginia Tech is going to run right through them without a problem. So, Agreed. yeah, Hokies, I'll lay the 10 points, no problem. Yep. Moving on. Moving on. 5.30 on ESPN from Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is the Dukes Mayo Bowl as the uh, the Tar Heels of North Carolina finally get to play at the uh, Bank of America Stadium this year. Congrats to them. <laughs> uh, there it is. <laughs> they're taking on there the West is. Virginia Mountaineers, um, uh, trying to – Find out which coach gets a, a big Gatorade cooler full of mayo dumped on him. Um, yikes! I I don't. Is Drake May playing in this game, Mike? I don't know. He's not. I don't. He declared for the draft, so why would he play? I don't think he's. I mean, Bo Nix is playing in his bowl game, isn't he? Like Bo some Nix guys do. Yeah, Question. I don't know. Question: Did North Carolina and South Carolina did they open up in Charlotte this year? 
Was that this year? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I yeah. think they might have. Did they? Okay. Well, our, our joke pertained to the ACC title game. It's still yeah. very funny. Yeah, I just want to correct was... the record in case we have some people being snarky. <laughs> Damn, that was know. the reference. Ugh. I messed it up. Yeah, that. Yeah, this was... <laughs> North Carolina opens the season in the Dukes-Mayo Classic oh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. We've, we've come full circle because they're incredibly mediocre. That's right. That's right. Um what, North Carolina is a six-and-a-half-point underdog here, uh, totals 55-and-a-half. I feel like the line is telling me something here. Like, again, full strength, full carrying, North Carolina should win this game without a, that much of a problem. I think I'm laying them with the, uh, the Mountaineers here. Like, I'm, I hate to just agree with you on, on every single one of these, but that's just what's going to have to happen. Uh, I'm yeah. laying them with West Virginia. Neil Brown, nice coaching job, buddy. Coach himself all the way off the hot seat. All the way off. Yeah. All the way off. Good year. They were picked last in the Big 12. Total 65 and a half. We'll take the over. Mm. I think. I don't know. I mean, Carolina's defense is still ass. And say, West Virginia is going to score probably at least, what, 38 points in this game? Like, Yeah. West Virginia is going to get most of the way there by themselves. So if Carolina mm-hmm. just scores like three touchdowns with – a backup quarterback should be fine. Thirty-eight seventeen would be uh, exactly fifty-five points if my math is right, which is that's why you need pretty a pretty good line. Touchdowns. Honestly, it's a good line. Coin time. <laughs> Flip it. Carolina. Mm. Okay. It's, All right, coin. It's becoming 50-50. a bad. It's becoming a bad evening for the all hail the coin mantra. Do you think that? Coin's gonna smoke wow. this year, Mike. Like, we're <laughs> I think that right now. But. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. All right. Moving uh, on. That's all we got here. Yeah. Uh, last game on the twenty seventh, eight o'clock on Fox. It is the Directv Holiday Bowl from Petco Park in San Diego, California. Mike. Fun fact: I was at Petco Park earlier this summer. Uh, pretty ballpark. Cool town. Highly mm-hmm. recommend San Diego uh, if you haven't been there, Louisville fans. The number 15 Louisville Cardinals taking on the USC Trojans. Louisville a seven and a half point favorite. Totals 57 and a half. Mike, it's Louisville. Louisville wants every part of this game. USC wants no part of it. Caleb Williams probably not playing. USC definitely not defense. playing. Definitely not playing. Definitely yeah. not playing. USC's defense just complete and total trash. Um, yeah, I think Louisville comes. I, I think Louisville will be fired up to play this game. I think USC does not want to play this game, and uh, this is a runaway for Louisville. Yeah, this is, uh, quite honestly, it might be another lock. You know what? We're locking up Louisville. Mm. Let's go. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Yeah, feel real, feel real good about this one, too. I'm not going to be betting many bowl games for obvious reasons. It's just not a fun activity. But The coin cup- agrees. The coin oh. agrees. All hail the coin, baby. Well... <laughs> Who am I to keep this from being a triple barrel lock then, Mike? Uh, I think we're locking up Louisville on this side as well. Let's go. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Hell yeah. Again, I I don't know that Jeff Brom Louisville bowl games will be like a like a long-term trend. And and I could see some disappointment coming off a Kentucky loss, coming off the the Florida State loss in the ACC championship game, but like, I just, I do think that there is enough there for Louisville, and and I'm guessing Jack Plummer is going to play, which there's that. Um, I, I think Louisville might 
just run away with this game. I, I feel like USC wants no part of it, frankly. Yep. So makes it an that. easy pick. Easy, easy. Also an over, an over game as well. I mean, yeah. USC's USC's defense. That's you got to bet an over in a USC game. It's just what you have to do. Defense is optional there, as well as like real, real courses, you know, for the students. If, and if Louisville's defense shows up to play, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Short fields. I don't know. It's true. It's true. Uh, Mike, we good to move on. We are. We should probably tell the people these these uh, picks and these previews brought to you by Section103.com, the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. Uh, they've got T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, something for men, women, children, toddlers, babies, something for the whole family. Uh, things with the official tech gold, the official word marks, all the official logos. We uh, really appreciate their partnership. Uh, go go find things at Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Uh, I'm currently wearing this brand new Ramblin' Wreck shirt. It is a white shirt with a gold Ramblin' Wreck kind of in script. It is beautiful. It is so comfortable. Uh, I love it. I've been wearing my gray coach hoodie around the last few days. It's kind of finally cooled off here in Houston. So highly recommended. Uh, if you're going to the Gasparilla Bowl here in a few weeks, or a few weeks, few days, uh, you need something to wear there. You need something, a last-minute Christmas gift. Uh, go to section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Follow them on social media for their uh, various different promotions. They had a 12 days of Section 103 that came out, I think, between the days that we last recorded these, this show and uh, this one. So uh, if you were following them on social media, you would have found out about it. There was a, a couple of orders, I believe, that were fully comped or a, a couple of shirts that were given away or uh, I forget exactly what the terms were, but that's all to your benefit if you're following them. Section103.com on Twitter, on Instagram, all those different places. So once again, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Shout out to Steven and the gang. Appreciate their partnership uh, as we go through the rest of this season. We are also sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Use promo code GOACC at checkout for 15% off your first order with Homefield. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, for the holiday season on their site. A lot of good deals. Seems like every day they got a new one. Um, so go check that out. Uh, definitely copped some holiday stuff, right? Not necessarily like Christmas themed necessarily, but got myself some home field apparel this holiday season. You should too. Use that promo code GOACC to check out for 15% off your first order. We are also sponsored by Vivid Seats. Are you going to a bowl game? Like Scott we and I are. We are. Uh, we bought group tickets with somebody else uh, through the university. That That's what happens. But if you don't have a ticket through the university because Virginia Tech sold out their allotment for the military bowl, you should use Vivid Seats. BC Pod 20. $20 off first order. $200 or more. Somebody's got somebody's to use this code, man. Somebody's got to do it. Uh-huh. Eh. Or not. No. Most mean, Georgia importantly, Tech sold out the allotment for the Gasparilla Bowl as well, so it's fine. Oh, let's go. Okay, well, you know what? If you're buying tickets to the Gasparilla Bowl, VividSeats.com. If you don't got BC, them yet, that's the good place to get them. BC Pod 20, $20 off your first order, $200 or more. That's right. That's right. That you might have to buy a lot of tickets to spend $200. But. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, for that's both true for several. For, both for several. for several bowl games, yes. Tis the for season. Bowl season. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're good to move on. We are. Speaking of games that are going to be really expensive to get into, December the 28th at 11 o'clock on ESPN, it's the Fenway Bowl. Presented by Wasabi. Jesus. This is going to be a fun conference game. Not the food. 
Not the food. Wait, yeah, which we learned last year is not the food. It is a, uh, what is it, like a crypto, what, it was some sort of like investment company, something like that? It's it's something. Yeah, it's something. Uh, the Boston College Eagles taking on the number 24 conference opponent, uh, SMU Mustangs. Uh, SMU is an 11-point favorite here. Total is 51 and a half. Uh, this is one of the rare games, Mike, this this bowl season that I'm looking at. I'm looking at the number. I think give me the underdog to cover and give me the, the favorite to win. Um, really? I do think that Boston College is going to be fired up to play this game a little bit at home. I do think it's a bad matchup for them, and I think mm-hmm. SMU will be ready to play. And I, I just – I got a sense that Boston College is going to make this like a, I don't know, 31-24 kind of game. Like it'll be kind of close somehow, some way. The coin that's, agrees. Oh. Oh. That's fine. With the spread? Or with... Well, certainly not picking Boston College. Did so. you ask that's the coin 11. who it likes to win the game on the field? Or Abe didn't say a word, okay? <laughs> yeah, that was his problem. Anyway, anyway sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I just... Oh, man. Mike? I think Abe was happier to be at that play than I would be to go to this bowl game. Maybe he bought tickets using visit seats. Maybe. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Did you enjoy the play, Miss Lincoln? I did. I got my tickets for vivid seats. Use the promo code PCPOD20. Tickets on the side of brain matter. Okay. Oh, my God. Give me, give me the Mustangs. You're laying 11 here? I'm laying 11. Dude, I, I could not be more clear. I think Boston College is a terrible football team. <laughs> I'm not going to quit that now. You've been pulling punches on that all year, Mike. You've, you've been really trying to be subtle with your takes on that. I have, yeah. I've been trying to uh, – I've, I've been real careful about that. You know, I don't yep. want to piss the wrong people off, except for Boston College fans. <laughs> and you know what? I've been right every single time, so why stop now? Well, there you go. All right, Boston College and the points for me. Uh, you're laying them with SMU, but I think we both think SMU wins the game, so there's that. Yeah. And this the coin, f- we said the coin has Boston College plus the points, but SMU, well, I, d- we didn't specify outright. Yeah, with a- the a- point. Abe Lincoln didn't mention that. So. Fair enough. All right. That was my uh, favorite preview so far. 215 on ESPN. It is, we're going from Fenway Park to Yankee Stadium uh, as – Miami is taking on Rutgers in the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, Miami is a one-point favorite here. Totals forty and a half. I so there is only one thing giving me pause from locking up Rutgers in this game, and it it is going back to the Mario Cristobal's Miami teams have not quit on him principle. Like, coming off the Florida State loss, coming off of, you know, whatever. The situations that we have gotten so used to Miami quitting, they haven't quit on Mario Cristobal. So, I'm leaning towards sticking with Miami here. But, like, uh, would not recommend putting your own currency on this game one way or the other. Spread, total, at all. Like, I don't even know if I recommend watching this game and, and trying to live bet it. Just leave it alone. You don't need this. You're live firing on the pinstripe bowl at two fifteen on the twenty eighth. God, there's help like you. a seventy percent chance I'm on the golf course during this game. Like, 
I'm not watching this. No. And and so why should we pretend that we will? I mean, we'll recap it. <laughs> we'll recap it. We're we're contractually obligated. That's that's correct. <laughs> uh, Miami. I'm taking Rutgers. The coin has Rutgers. Whoa! All right, I'm on an island. Kyle Monagai returning for the Scarlet Knights. Really good running back. Got to stop him. I, I shouldn't be taking Miami. I shouldn't. They they there is no reason for Miami to give a single damn about this game. But I'm gonna do it. Which has bit me in the ass before, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. There are several important questions being asked in the chat. <laughs> what I several. take a knee on this game. Over under for knees taken. Um, There's several of these. Well, as a noted Miami fan, I, I'm not sure I get the reference here. Um, oh, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know what that means. Conveniently left the. Uh, <laughs> conveniently left your brain. That might have been one of the better like two to three minute intros of our show that we've ever done. Was uh, going live right after that game ended and me just laughing for two minutes, basically. <laughs> that was electric. <laughs> That was uh, that was that was a memorable one. That was electric. That's for sure. All right, uh, Miami for me, Rutgers for you, and the coin, Mike. Mm-hmm. I'll hail the coin. Five forty-five on ESPN from Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. How many bowl games do they play in this stadium? By the way, uh, a few more several. than they do in the regular season. It's the Pop Tarts Bowl. It's uh, number 18, NC State, taking on number 25, Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State's a three-point favorite. Total's 47 and a half. Uh, I, I think Kansas State. Uh, NC State's defense, very, very good. They're often started to gel at the end of the year. I, I assume at this point, Brandon Armstrong has nothing to lose by playing this game. Um, NC State, I feel like, has historically been pretty good in bowl games under Dave Doran, but also Kansas State, pretty decent in bowl games. They got annihilated last year by Alabama, but, I mean, that's Kansas State against Alabama. So, right. there's that. Uh, yeah, give me the Wolf Pack. I mean, Will Howard's not playing in this game for Kansas State. feel like that matters a little bit. Hmm. Transferring. So, yeah. He's out of the equation. That's true. Uh, NC State's going to have motivated Brennan Armstrong for his final collegiate game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me the pack. Peyton Wilson yeah. playing? I'm sure he is. That dude doesn't seem like he quits on his team. Uh, so. He does not. First team All-American, Peyton Wilson. Other news item. Congrats to him. Since Aaron, we have he, won, he won the Defensive Player of the Year award, right? I believe he, so. Whatever that. He did not win Defensive Player of the Year. He did win Linebacker of the Year. That. Thank you. He won Nationally the Nagurski. or in the ACC? Nagurski. Nationally. Mm. Yeah. It's about right. Uh, we have a minute and 18 seconds, and we have a question from the audience. Okay. Two questions here from Mike and Joey. One, what flavor do you think the Pop-Tart will be? This is for Mendez, 133, by the way. Uh, and two, if NC State wins, what is Dave chasing it down with? Well, Dave Buffalo already mentioned race, in the pod, baby. He, he, Dave already mentioned in the press conference it's going to be bourbon. It's just a question of which bourbon, and I don't know what his bourbon of choice is. Old Forester. Hmm. Uh, yeah, 
He seems like an old Forester kind of guy. Doesn't he? He does. Heaven Hill. Heaven Hill. Uh, uh, yeah, he's not like an Angel's Envy. Get uh, that man some Blanton's. Maybe Makers? I don't know. All right, so what flavor is the... Now that we got the Pop-Tart flavor out of the way, what's the uh, bourbon flavor going to be? Well, <laughs> what? <laughs> the Pop-Tart flavor, it should... The, the easy answer is like the cinnamon brown sugar Pop-Tart. Like, that's the right thing, right? But they're going to do something The coin theatrical. picks the pack. Coin picks gonna, the pack. That's what we yeah. like. They're going to be something uh, theatrical with like a like a sprinkles and like a blueberry filling or something like that. Five seconds. This this whole thing seems upsetting. Agreed. Uh, NC State, by the way. Moving on. Uh, yeah, Wolfpack for the both of us outright on the field. Uh, what did the coin take? The pack. All right, there you go. Bang. There we go. Uh, two more. On December 29th, it's Friday. It's noon on ESPN. It's from Everbank Stadium in Jacksonville. It might not be the most disgusting football game of the year played at Jacksonville uh, in, in Everbank Stadium. I watched a bad one there tonight, and I <laughs> had Jags plus four. The I Tax w- Slayer Gator Bowl. Pain. It is the number Pain. 22 Clemson Tigers taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, Clemson. Uh, uh, yes. Clemson's a four-point favorite. Yeah. That's not, not, a, not a big enough line. Clemson, I think, wins this game pretty easily. Clemson, yeah. They will care about this. They'll care about this game too much, I think. You probably this is this is a Dabo like momentum into next season game. Yeah, Dabo. By the way, speaking of uh, portal additions, mm-hmm. he's dabbling. Got Daboing, if you will. <laughs> he's Daboing. He's Daboing. Dabo um, seems a little bit portal curious these days, Mike. I, yeah, I think you could say. Yeah, just portal. you know, just try try to dip his toe in to see see how it feels. Yeah. It's a is gate- trust, tr- trusting the science on the portal? It's a gateway, say? Mike. It's a gateway. Does, yeah. does Dabo practice soaking in the portal? <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Whew. Man. Good Lord. It's got some uh, fire tonight. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Clemson and the under. I don't know. Clemson. We got a coin ruling. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. Well, I kicked it across. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Wait, we have our backup coin. We have our backup coin, the dime. The dime is in play. It's like the a dime. craps table. Like, get the backups. The dime has Kentucky. <laughs> That's why we haven't been using the dime the whole time. Man. Dime's never been soaking like Dabo. <laughs> Tough but fair. Uh, all right. Clemson for the both of us, Mike. And then the dime now has uh, Kentucky. Uh, anything else? Let's move on before I get myself in trouble. That's Please. There's a sound effect for that, too. Um, on December the 30th at 4 o'clock, this is from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Unfamiliar. I thought this was in South Beach or... Coral Gables or wherever. Uh, the number five Florida State Seminoles taking on the number six Georgia Bulldogs. LOL, not in the playoff. Uh, Georgia's a fourteen-point favorite in this game. Totals forty-four and a half. Mike, I'm leaning with the Knolls here. That's Get, unfortunate. Getting, <laughs> getting, 
Why getting, are you doing that? Because they're getting 14. Georgia, like, there's like a third of Georgia's roster is in the portal at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia is back-to-back national champions. Is not make the playoff. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that there is any amount of like barking up a tree that mm-hmm. Kirby is going to do to get that team ready to play this game. I don't think they care about this at all. Mm-hmm. You're giving me two touchdowns. Give me the Knolls to at least keep this close. So Knolls to cover. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not locking it up. That's how strongly yeah. I feel about this. It's not locking it up. Johnny Wilson's opted. Hell yeah. Johnny Wilson's opted out. I believe Keon Coleman has also opted out. Tate Trey Benson declared for the draft. Trey Benson declared for the draft. Don't believe he's playing. Tate Rotemaker mm-hmm. is the starting quarterback. Uh, Georgia. Carson Beck's playing, by the way. It's looking like. Well, yeah, I guess he's staying. So, yeah, give me. Give me Georgia. And you know what's going to be really annoying? It's going to be, oh, see, Florida State didn't belong in the playoff because they lost by four scores to Georgia in the Orange Bowl. See, we told you they didn't belong. Can't wait for that take. That's going to be so... F- mm. This I'll is... Save, so Georgia to cover? <laughs> yeah, I got Georgia to cover. Okay. It's going to be really annoying. That, that, that narrative is going to be annoying, Joey. This is the least useful data point on either of these teams' schedules by can't, a mile. Can't wait for the take, though. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see that by some analyst that gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, maybe even millions of dollars a year by yeah. ESPN, make that take, and I'm going to want to shoot myself into the sun. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Scott, coin? Coin says Florida State with the points. There we Hell go. yeah. We I, go. I do agree with Adam, though. I would love to see a parade in Tallahassee. I might even oh, attend. 100%. 100%. Why not? Florida State wins this game, goes 14-0, and national champion parade, like 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. In full I, support. Uh, Herbs will cry about on Twitter. It'll be great. Yeah. Notice, by the way, you can watch a lot of different ESPN studio programming with a lot of different people in it. Very, very little mention of the idea that maybe the players might not fully, really care a lot about every one of these bowl games. Amazing. Doesn't really come up, does it? That's weird, huh? Yeah. Wonder why. Could it be because they're televising them? Ratings are still pretty good, though, aren't they? Right? Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. There's your bowl preview. I love uh, Kirk Herbstreet, by the way. Shout out to all my stroke victims out there. Kirk Herbstreet stroked out this week on Twitter defending Phrasing. why Florida State wasn't in the playoff because he thought it was the best four teams, but then he didn't mention anything about Georgia, Georgia, who lost to supposedly one of the four best teams in Alabama. So, interesting. Big, Just very interesting. Yeah. Ridiculous. Very disingenuous. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I love Kirk Herbstreet. I, I think he's one of the most – reasonable level-headed people i think he's football so wrong on this like yeah. this this is one of the few things where it's 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 a horrific take it's it's just it's, bad and it's wrong and so bad uh, it, it's i feel like it's not that not wrong to call it like disingenuous like it, it's hard to understand that like you can rectify this take with all the other takes and it it you just 
you believe that in your soul and you're not just like protecting your employer. Like when, that's it that's the only thing that makes sense to me. When historically he's been so level headed and thoughtful about every take he's ever had, and then he has this take that's not rooted in anything other than shilling for his employer mm-hmm. and that's all that he's been doing. I just don't it is totally disingenuous. Yep. Is what it is. I think um, it makes sense, Kirk. I just don't. I don't understand. Yep. But. Agreed. Agreed. Anything else, Mike? No. I think we're good. Scott, did we forget good. anything? All hail the coin. <laughs> All hail? Hail coin. Uh, I, I've not been monitoring the the spreadsheet so i'm just i'm looking forward to finding out that the coin beat both of us because that just feels the most appropriate thing for the acc's bowl season frankly the only odd one i think was Tulane that the coin went with Hmm. and syracuse you guys both picked florida uh usf so yep yep yeah um mike is this the uh i believe this is the last preview we're gonna do Mm mm-hmm prior to uh, welcoming in SMU, Cal, and Stanford into the ACC? This is it. Should we do a 24-hour podcast? Or we just keep this going for another <laughs> 22 and a half hours? Like to pour one out? Yeah, 23 and a half hours of like taps being played on yeah. repeat. But yeah. I'd have to explain some things to my employer and to my wife and to my infant son about why... I'm still on a podcast after 22 hours. Those would well, be some fun conversations. From my understanding, 24-hour podcasts are uh, very, very, very loosely actually podcasts. It's mostly just keeping a camera and a microphone on while people are just going about life. So yeah, the fair you could be points. on a meeting and also podcasting at the same time. Who knows? And there's a fair point brought up by Adam Parker. Give Mike that much time, he'll definitely get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's absolutely true. That's why we have to keep this to a minute and 20 every week is an hour and 20. Sorry. I mean, well, I keep it to a minute 20 every week. I'll tell you that. And look, I have definitely gotten canceled or tried to get us canceled with less. That's for sure. Um, Such as that last comment. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Very good. Very Thank good. Thank you. There you go. Yep. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's go watch some bowl games. Uh, we'll come back and recap them. Uh, Mike, in the meantime, we might come back and, uh, I don't know, talk about the other f- three teams that we didn't talk about tonight. How about that? Well, we talked about at least one of them. Yeah, Cal died last night, didn't they? Bang, bang, bang. Did they win? Did yeah, they win? Good. They, they, they lost, right? They were I losing so. when I went to bed. So I Got smoked by Texas Tech, if I remember. Yeah, right. they, they were down a couple scores when I went to bed. I assume they lost. Good start to the bowl season for the ACC. Yeah. Shout out to Cal. And no matter what happens in that SMU-Boston College Bowl game, an ACC team will win. So there that's you exciting. Go. Good conference they matchup. They lost 34-14. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's about right. About right. Yeah. Play the Queen Elizabeth music. <laughs> uh, Mike, people should keep it tuned here because, yeah, there's going to be a couple of season recaps for Virginia and for Wake Forest. And Pitt, and for Pitt, uh, that'll be coming your way. I don't know when, but they'll be they'll be coming. So just keep it tuned here. You'll get them when they when they happen. Um, otherwise, we'll be back to recap the bowl games. We'll probably talk about signing day. We're going to keep going into the off season, so keep it tuned here. Uh, you, you know, use your your podcast 
method of choice. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Amazon, we're on all those different things you use for your podcasts. Go hit the subscribe button, we'd appreciate that. We're on Twitter, at HRSJoey, at Mike McDaniel SI, together at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, we're on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the ACC Football Podcast. Uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the, hit the like, hit the follow, uh, bell icon, lots of things on there. Hit them all. Yep. We appreciate that. Uh, send us an email. Questions, comments, concerns. We're getting into the offseason. We need content. We need help. Tell us what you want us right. to talk about. Already had one good suggestion. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Basketball Conference Podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, where else on the social medias, Mike? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Instagram mm-hmm. at BC Podcast ACC. YouTube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Please do. Please do. Uh, Mike, Scott, I think that's all I've got. Anything else? Good. Good stuff tonight. Absolutely. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Festivus. Uh, Kwanzaa. Um, There are other winter festivals. Happy those as well. Happy drinking. Happy drinking. Uh, Whatever you like. And if you don't drink, that's fine too. No pressure. Maybe the biggest winter festival of all. Travel safe. Travel safe. Travel safe. Um, Maybe if you're listening to this while you're traveling, hope you are being safe. Please do. Uh, we'll come back. I don't know. Maybe New Year. Maybe before then. I don't know. We'll see. We'll no be plans. Recapping. Re- there, there are no plans. We'll be recapping bowl games and seasons and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Keep it tuned here. We will uh, keep you entertained on the ACC all off season. How's that sound? Good. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, for Mr. Producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you again very, very soon. Enjoy the bowl games. Enjoy the bowl season and the holiday season. We'll talk to you again very soon. Until then, go ACC. Go ACC.